Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and it is October 21st, and it's a beautiful day outside um, here in North Carolina. And I just wanted to say, uh, what's up? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, this episode, uh, let's see, what do I want to talk about here? Well, there's a couple of things, right? Uh, it's been a year since I retired from the military. And I uh, wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about perseverance. And then I wanted to finish off the show uh, explaining a few things about um, why I say zot, zot, zot and roll tide. Okay, but first, um, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, um, FTU, Life After the Military, right? This is a podcast dedicated to helping uh, veterans transition out of the military and... uh, you know, just providing a support system, um, just letting people know that you're not alone. What you're going through um, might seem unique. It might seem like you're isolated, but you're not. We've all gone through it. And uh, if if I can make it through my first year of retirement, then anybody can because uh, I'm a big, dumb animal, right? <laughs> maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Uh, but... You know, if I can do things, then I know everybody else can. It's it's not too complicated if I can accomplish things. Um, so, again, uh, you can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you can find your podcasts. I'm uploading the videos now to YouTube. Um, just search me. It's uh, FTU, Life After the Military, and you'll see my big ugly face um, come up, right? Um, That's my logo. That's um, my company logo is my face. And I was asked, why, why, why choose that? And why not? It's, it's my podcast. I can have whatever logo I want. If I want to have the double bird, I'll have the double bird, right? The Eli Manning. But no, I'm not going to have the double bird. Um, Excuse me for doing that. Um, But I don't, right? So FTU, what does it stand for? It's fat, tired, and useless, right? I heard that when I uh, came into the military down at Fort Benning. I don't know what they're calling it now. I really don't care. Um, but the drill sergeants there, you know, that initial uh, uh, physical fitness assessment that they put you through. I mean, you have to do, what, 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, and run like a mile in something like, what, an hour, however ridiculously slow it is, right? Um and I would hear the drill sergeant say, yeah, I have another one for FTU. Yeah, I've got another one for FTU. Uh, coming in, I thought, well, what is, that must be where they send, like, super soldiers, right? Like, the guys that are awesome. Uh, it wasn't until later on in basic training uh, that the drill sergeant said, no, FTU is where you send the people who are fat, tired, and useless. They're, they can't even do, they can't do 25 push-ups. They're so pathetically out of shape, we have to send them to a special mini boot camp to get them in shape to go to boot camp. It's like, oh, okay. And so I use that term to uh, describe life after the military, right? Because when you're in, you know, everything's an emergency. um, So you never go to sick call. You never go see the doc um, to take care of your injuries, right? Well, it catches up with you once you get out and... You know, you're not worried about stupid things anymore. You're not worried about um, making sure the vehicles are online down in the motor pool. You're not worried about uh, making sure that the, uh, somebody mowed the lawn or not worried 
that, you know, your soldiers didn't go to dental for their annual checkup. You know, stupid stuff like that just doesn't matter anymore. You're not responsible for that. Right? All, all you have to do now is just live your life. Uh, whatever you decide that's going to be, that's up to you, right? But you don't have to worry about other people anymore. And, and that's awesome. Your family, right? That's it. That's all you have to worry about. And if you don't have any family, then you don't have to worry about that. You just have to worry about yourself. So the transition out of the military, right? So for me, um, what I realized after a little while, um, my discussion with uh, Austin um, a few episodes ago, um, he was talking about how when he first got out, he was just uh, not bitter, but he just didn't want to talk. He was tired of the military and listening to that stuff, so he didn't want to hear it. And, uh, you know, now he, he, he's fine about talking about his time in the military, and he's proud about it. Well, I've always been proud about the military, about my time in the military. Um, but the problem is, is when you're in the military, you're, you're limited on what you can say, right? You, you can't criticize your bosses because regardless of what anybody says, it's a good old boy club. It's a clique. It's the Puerto Rican Mafia, right? If, you're in the, if you were ever in the 98th Civil Affairs Battalion, you know what the Puerto Rican Mafia is. And I'm sure there's different versions of that um, Everywhere else throughout the army and the rest of the military, there where there's these little cliques. And if you're in the clique, you take care of each other so you can get promoted. And if you're not in the clique, you're screwed, right? Then you have to be like me and you just do the crap jobs so you can get a decent evaluation. They're not going to fire you. Um, the people in the clique aren't going to fire you or get rid of you. Because if they get rid of you, then um, they have to do the job. And they're not going to do that. They would much rather just, you know... Not do any work, inflate their evaluations, and then get promoted. And keep somebody like me around to do the crap jobs. Um, so that's why I ran my mouth to an extent while I was in the military. And now I'm out. And, you know, I, I really don't care. People who I used to work with, if you hear this and you think that I'm being genuine and honest, thanks. And if you think I'm full of crap, thanks. Um, it just, it just doesn't really matter. It's, um, you know, I've been, I've been hypercritical of officers and that's not all officers. Um, you know, there are people on here, Pete, um, you know, I haven't mentioned him before. We worked together just briefly for about a year. Intelligent person. I saw that he got out and I'm very happy that he got out because he has a lot to offer, not just the military, but society in general. And I know Pete will be successful. And thank you, Pete, for making my, our time together for that year um, as stress-free as possible. I mean, it was during the COVID year, so I don't, you know, it was going to be stressful regardless. But but thank you, um, thank you, and um, for just making my life a little bit easier. And it's not the person per se. There are some people like J.T. Stevens. F you, J.T. Stevens, because um, that guy was a cokehead, right? He was abusing his pain meds and then he was using cocaine, right? He would he would take his pain meds and it would knock him out and, and to stay awake he would take a Coke, right? But this is what I was told what a leader was, right? And everybody loved him because he had a bunch of badges on his on, on his chest and he had a bunch of tabs on his shoulder. So, I mean, that guy is awesome, right? Right, so we'll just ignore that he's a Cokehead, right? Screw the rest of us, right? Uh, again, is it hypocritical? Maybe, but here's the other thing. It's true. 
He was. He was a cokehead. And to this day, I still have no idea what happened to him. Because um, when he crashed into the pillar, uh, the entrance at Fort Bragg, that was it. We, Our unit didn't even have an official notification of what happened to him. We were just told that he was... He, he would not be back. And we had a stand-in battalion commander. Nobody told us if he was alive. Nobody told us if he was dead. Nobody told us anything about him. We were told, don't ask about him ever again. And that was it. So just sweep it under the rug, right? Because that's what happens in the military. So so I'm not, I'm not talking about the officers in general. I'm Typically, what I what I talk about are specific people, and I don't want to say names except for J.T. Stevens, because again, f you, bro, because <laughs> uh, he's an asshole, right? He's an asshole. Anybody who ever worked with that guy would tell you he's an asshole. And if you say if you want to come on here and tell me otherwise, go ahead. You're not going to change my mind, and I'm not going to change yours. So yeah, you can come on here, we'll have a discussion about it. I don't care. That guy's an asshole. And uh, my whole point about the military and the way they train officers is that there's no originality in it. And they're taught the same thing and they're taught to be, um, to th think that they're um, the greatest thing walking the planet. But if I see a 22 year old or a 20, 23 year old butter bar and he's walking around with the Imaginary lat syndrome, ILS, you know where his arms are way out here because he thinks he's buff, but he's only about, a, no, he's six feet tall and 130 pounds, right? And uh, all he could say is, fix it NCOs or make it happen. Well, that's not a leader. And the problem with that is those are typically the people who stay in the military. And throughout their career, what do they fall back on? Not hard work. Not They don't try to solve issues. They don't try to relate to their the people that they work with. They're team members, they're subordinates. You call us whatever you want. NCOs, enlisted, indentured servants, you call us whatever you want. But you have to find a way to work with us, to motivate us, to lead us. And they don't. So what they are are managers, right? Because they don't come up with solutions. They don't even provide options. They just tell you, fix it. They don't tell you, they don't even tell you what the end state is. What are they looking for? They just fix it. Okay, well... That's awesome, but what do you envision? Like, what, what, what is the final product that you want? They don't even know. They just want. They don't want to be bothered, and they just want you to fix it and present it to them. So if it looks good, then they can present it to their boss and take credit for it. That's not leadership. That's not. And I'm tired. I'm tired of officers who compare different branches um when i was in civil affairs i'd hear fellow artillery officers like i mean i've worked with those guys i'm not too impressed we shouldn't be impressed by anybody in the military because guess what we all wear the same uniforms and for the most part we all go to we all go to similar schools so you shouldn't be impressed the fact that you're in the military is not impressive that just meant you met the minimum standards to get in Right? It's not hard. It it really isn't. You want to know how I know that? Because I just showed up and said, hey, I want to join the military. They asked me, they said, well, I'll take this practice test. I take the practice test, practice ASVAB, you know, and uh, on the practice ASVAB, I scored like a 97, whatever it is. When I took the ASVAB, I scored a 97. 
I, I don't know what the hell that means to this day. And honestly, I don't care. It doesn't matter because just because you can score well on, on the ASVAB doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. Right? And so these officers, they're, they're just full of themselves. They had their heads up their ass. And I'd like to quote um, Klautswitz to throw in um, Sun Tzu and every once in a while, though, you know, refer back to the Peloponnesian War and, you know, you might have, uh, what's his name, um, Machiavelli. And, you know, I like Machiavelli myself, you know, because I'm a realist. Um, so they'll throw that in there. But they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They you they misquote him. They <laughs> use the references incorrectly. But they just say it because they, they want to sound intelligent, right? And the problem is, is, you know, if this is, I guess, back before the Internet, they could do that. But but there's the internet out there, so the information is ready, readily available. It's at your fingertips. And so the majority of them are just idiots. And if you go to Sam's, um, I think you're, with the exception of one individual who's there, um, he's currently in. Um, I respect that guy. Um, but the majority of the Sam's graduates I, I have met are, are just buffoons. They're morons. They're imbeciles. And it seems like... Sending somebody, it's it's almost like the army identifies who's the biggest buffoon officer and let's send them to Sam's so we can reinforce that in them and make them a bigger buffoon. And, um, you know, some of my co-workers, they were former officers. And when I say that, they get offended. And guess what? I don't care because you were a former officer. We were in the military, but we're no longer in the military. And... Even if you're in the military and you're in offend, if you're offended by it, I don't care because I'm not in the military anymore. I'm not shackled anymore. I can say what I want, when I want, to whomever I want, for whatever reason, right? Of course, there's consequences, right? You have to be an adult and realize that there's consequences for what you say. So that's just me on my little soapbox this morning, Saturday morning, right? So my transition out, right? What I realized is... I kind of miss the, uh, I had too much downtime. I, I kind of miss like just the, um, the little bit of stress. So that's why um, I'm in this PhD program. I, I signed up for this uh, data analytics boot camp, which right now it's just coding and which is great. You know, I want to learn how to code in Python, but that we'll, we'll see how it goes, right? It's only six months. And so I can, I've completed one month already, and uh, we'll just see how it goes. Um, takes up my time, my evenings, three days a week. Um, so that's a little stressful, but it's not, again, I'm not being shot at. I'm not jumping out of airplanes. I'm not being blown up. Um, so I, I like that level of stress. It's not too much. Sometimes it teeters on a little bit too much, only because when I'm in class, I have to have my uh, camera on so they could... Make sure that I'm not asleep. And that's problematic because um, my instructor, she's very intelligent. She knows a lot. Um, and she understands that the material is dry. So she tries to make it entertaining. Um, the issue is when she tries to make it entertaining, it comes off as annoying. And I, I just want to lie down and go to sleep. I want to log out. Uh, but, you know, I don't. And so that leads me into perseverance, right? I've seen a lot of this about grit, right? Grit. What is grit? Um, 
I don't know. It means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, he used to work out at Cat McCall at assessment and selection for civil affairs. And he's like, ah, well, how do we determine grit? Well, perseverance is different for uh, the for your field of work, right? I mean, out there at Cat McCall, um, they wanted to see if we wanted to see if people were going to give up. Well, just because you're big and strong doesn't mean you're going to be a good fit for the program, right? That's what a lot of people think. It's like, well, look, that person, like he carried a lot. Well, that that helps you out, but that's that's not it. It's also, uh, I guess you're. Your intestinal fortitude, right? That's a, what I used to hear from uh, Gorilla Monsoon in wrestling. His intestinal fortitude. Another word for for grit, for guts. Um, you know, I, I've said it many times. Um, I'm a quitter. Not because uh, my parents taught me to, to be a quitter. They taught me to s- stick it out and persevere and see things through. But... My nature is to quit. When things get hard, I just want to quit because I don't want to put in the effort. I don't want to work. It's too hard, right? I just want to lie down and watch Alabama football all weekend, right? Well, I can't do that. And uh, my parents didn't teach me that. And, um, you know, you could ask Jesse, any of you who know Jesse, you can ask him. We want to see her school together and for those of you who do not know what SEER is it's survival evasion resistance escape it's just it's like a three-week school that some people in the military get to go to and they it's you know you learn a lot about yourself and when people say that you learn a lot about yourself what they're politely trying to say is that um you know what i learned that i'm a coward i'm a coward and holding that m4 you know when i was in combat that that provided me uh great deal of confidence and comfort. And without that M4, I realized that I, I'm a pretty big coward. And uh, the last week of SEER, right, that's like the testing part. And you can ask Jesse. Um, I quit probably 10 days, uh, 10 times a day each day for those seven days. Right? I go see him. like, that's it, bro. I, I quit. And tell me, shut up. No, you don't. Get your ass back out there. And like, All right. And then, you know, an hour later, an hour and a half, two hours later, I'd come back. I quit, bro. I've had enough of this. And it's enough of this shit. I don't need this. And I would quit. And he's like, no, you don't. Get get your ass back out there. It's like, all right. And it's the same thing, you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, just going to school. I didn't want to um, do stuff. I don't want to do my assignments. But, my, you know, my parents, again, you know, they were, they, they didn't have the opportunities that I had because of when they were, the time that they were born and where they were born, they did not have the opportunities that I was blessed with. I did not work for my opportunities. I was given my opportunities. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I didn't realize it. Yeah, but my parents did. So they would make sure that I did my homework, right? And I, I didn't want to, I would, I would want to get up and, um, you know, they would they would uh, smack me um, sometimes, not, not too often. Um, Initially, just to get me to learn that, hey, you got to sit down and you have to finish this. And then that helped me out. Um, you know, I would I learned how to uh, just finish things, right? Even though I didn't want to. I wanted to quit. My, my nature was to quit. 
And, uh, but they instilled it to me. It's like, if you start something, you finish it. Don't, don't just quit. It's like, okay. Um, you know, so Drew, he also helped me out with that. You know, when I got in trouble in Paraguay, I wanted to quit. I wanted to, it's like, I'm just going to get out of the army. And he's the one who told me like, you know, just come on, man, just stick with it. And, and we'll, we'll take care of that paperwork that's holding you back from getting promoted. And we did. And I was able to get promoted because he helped me out. And so what does perseverance mean? Well, you know, there's some jobs like special operations. If you can just keep your mouth shut for a few weeks and just carry a whole lot of heavy stuff and every once in a while throw out a 60% idea, it doesn't even have to be a good idea. It could be a D, D, right? Not very good. Not the worst idea, but not very good. It's 5 and 11. Not that good. Some worse than us. That's a Steve Spurrier quote. If you uh, if you don't know what that reference is, five and eleven. It's not too good. Some worse than us. I guess that's one good way to look at it, right? And so uh, you know, out, out of Captain Call, if you could just keep your mouth shut and just lift a lot of heavy things, and every once in a while throw throw out an idea, you, you know, you're probably going to get selected. Well, in once you retire, that, that's not enough, right? You have to, what's perseverance when you get out? Well, for me, you know, this data analytics uh, class, it's three hours a night, three night, three days a week. And it's a lot. But I, all I'm doing is just sitting there. All I have to do is just sit there and listen. And I, I don't want to. I want to just go away, do anything. But just sitting there and Listening, I know I'm going to be better off. I know I'm going to have more opportunities because of that. Getting this PMP certification. Now I signed up for Agile. Once I'm done with this data analytics, I'm going to get my Agile certification. It takes time and it's it wears on you mentally, but it's worth it. You have to identify what is important for you. What do you want to do? Um, I, I don't want to... I was offered a job to go out to Iraq and be a site lead, making about 125000 a year. Um, I'm not going to Iraq. I don't want to be in Iraq, especially not for 5000 more a year. It, it's not worth my time. It's not worth my trouble, um, especially with what's going on in the Middle East right now. There's no way I'm going to Iraq, not for an extra $5,000. Um and for me, with my injuries, you know, I have to make sure that I prepare myself if I'm ever, if I, if my job ever lets me go, then I have some skills that I can fall back on to find another job rather quickly, right? So although it's mentally tiring right now, I know it'll pay off um, in the future. And the PhD program, uh, you know, I'm asked, why am I doing that? Like, don't worry about it. Those are my reasons, right? So just identify what it is that you want to do. And there's going to be times uh, you're going to have to go to some school, a trade school, traditional school, something. You're going to have to find some skill, you know, and you're going to hear, hear people that say that, you know, you, you can go out there and just build your own brand and you can hustle. And maybe you can, maybe you can, but not everybody can do that. Not, not everybody can be a social media influencer, right? 
you're going to have to develop some some sort of skills. All right. So we're at about 24 minutes. So I want, I want to talk about um, why do I say zot 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 and roll tide. Um, so when I left, when I graduated from high school, I went to the University of California at Irvine, right? And I was majoring as a mechanical engineer. And I, I didn't uh, finish that, right? And part of that was because, um, one, it was the first time away from home, which wasn't very far, but it was it was hard on me. And then, uh, two, you know, I had the white kids and I had the Asian kids telling me that I didn't deserve to be there, that I was only there because of affirmative action. And uh, I took the spot from somebody who deserved to be there. And that warned me, affected my grades, affected my uh, chances of getting financial aid. So I quit, you know, and I left. And I was very resentful of um, the school. I hated the school. And I wanted an earthquake to hit um, just right there on campus and swallow it up and just have it destroyed, right? But here's the issue. The issue is that I made a promise to my mother that I would graduate from Irvine. So I uh, I had to complete a degree there. And once I finished my bachelor's, I realized that, well, you know, I started looking into online schooling uh, programs for graduate school. And Irvine has one. It's for uh, criminology. They offer another one now. I forget. It's a... It's Forensic psychology, I think. Um, but they, uh, you know, they offered one in criminology. This was back in 2007. Well, I didn't get accepted in because it was a newer program and my GPA was, you know, undergraduate was 3.0. It was, it was low. It wasn't, it wasn't good enough to get in. So I applied to Troy for their um, international relations program because that would help me in my military career. And I got accepted to there. And, uh, and completed that degree. And once I completed that, you know, I just was hanging out, doing a whole lot of nothing, and then uh, decided to apply to Irvine again. This was years later, just like in 2020. And uh, I got in. I got in. And uh, the problem is I went back to Troy for another graduate program for the public administration back in 2019. So I was doing that program and Irvine basically at the same time. And it was a lot of work. And I was able to complete both degrees. But that degree from Irvine, um, their mascot is the anteater, right? Peter the anteater. And Zot is what they say, uh, the anteater says. That's it. That's what the anteater says. He says Zot. So it's Zot, Zot, Zot. Right? Well, that degree from Irvine is for my parents. That is not my degree. That is the degree degree that they were never able, that they never had the opportunity to earn because of where they were born and when they were born. Again, why, why did I have these opportunities? Just by pure luck, pure chance, because I was born in the United States, because I was lucky enough to be born in the United States. If my father hadn't left Mexico and come to the United States, he would not have met my mother and I would not have been born in the United States. I would be an actual Mexican in Mexico. Probably, I don't know, selling chicles at the border, right? Maybe making tacos. I don't know. But I sure as hell wouldn't be living in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina, I'm getting ready to watch Alabama play Tennessee. I wouldn't. And that's just the truth. And so it's just by pure luck 
that I am, that I had this opportunity. I was born with this opportunity. I was lucky enough to be born here. My parents didn't have that opportunity. Fate gave them other opportunities and they took advantage of it, of those opportunities. They worked hard to provide a very good life for me and for my sisters. I can't speak for my sisters, but I know I squandered it. I wasted it, threw it away, flushed it down the toilet. And it wasn't until I had my own family that I realized I need to get my head out of my ass and I need to finish my education. That's part of the reason why I stayed in the military. When I finished my undergraduate degree, I had the opportunity to go to OCS. I did not because I did not want my kids to have to move every two years. I did was in the military 22 years. I did 21 years at Fort Bragg. I hear a lot of people say a lot of things because I never had to PCS. It's not my fault that you're stupid. You're an idiot. You're a moron. You're too stupid to figure out how to stay on the same post your entire career. If that was your goal. All right. I hear, hear a lot of people. I, you, know, you, know, you, you never had to leave nowhere. You never had to go anywhere. Well, that's because you're an idiot. There's nothing special about you. There's nothing special about me. I just realized, was able to look ahead and plan and realize, hey, when I was in my old MOS, it's time to transition over to civil affairs because if I didn't, I was probably going to come up on orders to Korea. Did my time in civil affairs and I realized I might be coming up on orders. Went into the medic school. We're going to keep you because we're short on medics. After my medic time was up, it's like, I'm going to transition over to Cat McCall. Went out there. They tried to put me on orders. My boss called up the guy who does the orders. Like, pound sand, dude. You're not, we just got this guy. We're not sending him away. And then my daughter was in high school, so I filed for stabilization. And I was able to stay here. And people were upset at that. It's like, well, that's your fault for being stupid and not looking ahead. You guys look two days ahead. You don't look years ahead, decades ahead. And that's your fault being stupid all right so i just want to make sure that everybody knows that that degree is for my parents they earn that that's the only degree up in my office if you look back here next to uh vincent back here um you'll see i have two pictures right i have a picture of my parents and a little small picture of, my, of ashley in there right when she was a baby she was probably i don't know maybe two months old at that point and above that, I have my degree from Irvine. That's the only degree I have up. The rest of them are up in the closet. Put away. Um, because for me, those those degrees are just stepping stones to getting my PhD. That is for my parents. That's their degree. And I'm proud of that. To be able to give them that. Because they earned it. Um, Alabama. Why do I say roll tide? Roll tide. Right? You have to say it with a, somewhat of a southern accent. I know I don't do it justice, so I apologize to everybody in Alabama uh, for that. But, you know, it's fun to even try it. Just, just try it. If you're out there, just go ahead. We, I'll give you a second. Roll Tide, right? It's fun. Uh, but I say that because uh, that's my daughter, Ashley. She's out there, and she's a lot stronger than I am mentally. And... uh at 18, I wasn't able, ready to go just an hour away from my home. And she's, what, 
three, four states away. And she's killing it out there, and she's getting ready to go to graduate school. I'm not sure where she's going to go. Um, I'm leaving that up to her, but I'm very proud of her. And that's why I say Roll Tide. And with any luck, um, my tag team partner, my granddaughter, Sakaria, um, Lena, will be going to uh, Alabama as well. So that's why I say... Um, Roll Tide, zot, 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 and Roll Tide. But with that being said, I want to make sure that everybody knows that Irvine and Alabama are for, um, you know, for my parents and for my, for my children, right? Troy, Troy University gave me an opportunity. And they've worked with me. Over a lot of deployments, over a lot of issues, not being able to get assignments in because I'm in the Amazon, not being able to get the assignment in because I was just <laughs> survived an IED blast. I'm sure the professor didn't believe that 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 statement. It was true, right? I, I had an assignment that was due, and but we got hit by an IED, and I, like I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like. My head's ringing and I can only use one arm. Like, uh, can I get an extension? Unfortunately, he <laughs> gave me an extension. Um, so, my heart belongs to Troy. I will always be grateful to Troy. Detroit Trojans, the only true Trojans, right? And if any, if any of you are out there thinking about going to a school, um, I would highly recommend looking into Troy. Um, this past September, Troy was just granted um, by, I forget what um, organization, but basically um, Troy can offer as many PhDs as they want now. Um, up until this point, they had one in sports medicine, um, nursing, and then the global leadership. They're looking into one in criminology and business management. So I would highly look into them. If you're just looking into a school for uh, an undergraduate or a master's program, definitely give them a look. Uh, but make no mistake, my heart belongs to Troy. It always has, and it always will belong to Troy. Because they they provided me the support that Irvine never did and never will. Right, Irvine has this crazy psyop campaigns, and that, yeah, we love minorities. Like, really, where were you in 1992 when uh, I had all the Asian students and white students telling me to leave? I was just there because of uh, a friend of action. Mm. So, too little, too late, Irvine. Um, but Troy is, except I haven't seen a place like that. When I went on my cohort um, immersion weekend, I have not, outside of my family, I have not been in an organization that provided as much support as I received in those two days. I received more support in those two days than I did in 22 years of the military. The military supports you because they need you to go to combat, because they have to support you. The people and the global leadership cohort and program at Troy University supported me just to support me. That's the difference. They didn't do it because they need me to 
<laughs> go go overseas and represent the United States. They didn't do it um, for thanks. They didn't do it for a pat on the back. They just did it. And for those people that were there, if you ever need anything, I will be there. I will be more than happy to help you out. A letter of recommendation, <laughs> you need a small term loan, we'll work together, we'll figure something out and I will help you out with whatever you need. So again, for everybody that's in the global leadership at Troy University, go Troy, right? I ordered my uh, Trojan helmet and um, hopefully next episode I'll be wearing it. Um, so for everybody who's transitioning out, just know that, um, you know, it, it, it's hard. Just figure out what, what you want to do. It, it's not going to come to you overnight. Um, just understand that there's going to be a lot of downtime and... It's okay. Just figure out how to fill that downtime. Um, whether with the school, it's with school, going to play golf, just hanging out with friends. Please don't drink. Don't do drugs. And if you do, you know, please be in a state that it's legal to smoke marijuana. Um, and if you're going to drink, drink responsibly. Don't don't overdo it. Um, you know, you don't have to drink 20 years worth of beer in two days. You know, you have the rest of your life. And please get some exercise um, because FTU, right? We're, I'm tired. I, I'm not going to lie. I am tired. I know I'm not useless. And I could do something about being fat. I can, you know, I know you see my big fat face, but um, I could be a whole lot fatter. And I'm not because I'm making an effort not to be. So until next time, um, take care of yourself. Just know that there is something that makes you special. There's something that makes you unique, unique, identify what it is, maximize it to its fullest potential. And I know you'll be successful. So until next time, please, if you have time today at three 30, um, the tide they're taking on volunteers of Tennessee and we, we hate the ugly orange, right? We hate it. Hate it here at this house. Um, <laughs> but if you have the opportunity, please tune in and cheer for the crimson tide. So until next time, zot, zot, zot. Roll Tide!